welcome to another episode of Haunted HTX Podcast. Remember, if you have a story you'd like to share on the podcast, please email me at hauntedhtx at gmail.com. I've got a few stories for you tonight, so let's get started. This story comes from Janice. When I was younger, 12 or 13, I had my first experience with the paranormal in what I could only describe as sleep paralysis. Over the years, I have seen and heard the strangest things, but the one that really caught me off guard was recently when I was trying to unload at my newly acquired storage unit. I was supposed to have help as a lot of these items were extremely heavy. Vintage speakers, a motorcycle, heavy-duty kitchen items, just a few items that I not only cannot lift, but I cannot even drag because any damage would completely destroy their value. The three people that were supposed to help me were only there for 20 to 30 minutes, and then left after making up an array of lousy excuses leaving me to fend for myself. I was doing the best I could, but I kept hearing the strangest things. Two units down from mine, I kept hearing a rocking chair. It was always incredibly sporadic, and at times it had no real rhythm to it. It didn't matter what I was doing or what sounds were going on, it would always just start very randomly and usually go for one to five minutes and then stop abruptly. Having not paid attention to the time, I thought I was making great progress until I finally looked at my phone and saw that it had been four hours and I still had half a truck to unload and a motorcycle. At that point, I decided that I was going to pack up whatever I could back into the truck and grudgingly force the motorcycle into the elevator down the hallway into my unit. Now, this is where the frustration comes from because the gears were locked up, so the tires were locked. I had to force it forward in increment bursts just to get the wheels to move or roll an inch or two at a time. It took 30 minutes, but I finally got the motorcycle into the unit. At this point, the rocking chair I noticed had been going non-stop, but I didn't have time to focus on that as I had to go back downstairs on the elevator and finish loading up the truck. I got on the elevator and pushed the button, and the doors closed. It started to move, and then stopped. (laughs) I was trapped in the elevator for at least an hour. And while I was stuck, I began to feel what could be best described as someone touching my hand, and then moved up my side, and then finally a finger brushing through my hair. I just sat down calmly on the cart that I had next to me and waited patiently. Finally, the elevator kicked back into service and the movement went for what felt like only a foot or two before it stopped again and the doors opened. Figuring that since I had to go back upstairs, I would just take the stairs and proceed to load the truck back up. But as I was taking the cart to push it back into the cart station, A voice very clearly in my ear said, Hello, my name is Bob. It took me by surprise to the point I threw myself to the ground. I didn't scream or anything, but I don't like people that close to my space. I've never reacted well to it. Since I looked around and realized nobody was there, I stood up and said, Hello, and then asked if he could not do that ever again. 
I immediately went upstairs and locked up the storage unit and left. Anytime I go back to the storage unit, I tell Bob hello and asks that if he makes sure that if he's going to say hello or interact with me, to not be so subtle. Never heard the rocking chair again, and I'm okay with that. This story comes from Fearless Perception. Here's a story from when I was seven or eight. My aunt had moved into a new house, and this house, well, it was home to at one point an old man. According to records, he had lost all that was important to him, so he hung himself in the house. Due to the full disclosure law, my aunt knew this, but she was not a believer in the paranormal, so she didn't say anything to anyone else. I had gone over one day to spend the night. I was originally intending to spend three nights there, but after this first night, well, my plans changed. It was around midnight when I was woken up by footsteps downstairs. My instinct was to wake up and call for my aunt, see if it was her that I was hearing, but I didn't get a response. Instead, I heard what sounded like someone open and shut a door. So I thought that maybe my cousin was home and she was whom I heard. I went back to sleep. I would wake up an hour later at 1am and there's the walking again. This time I'd call for my cousin but again no answer. So bravely I sat up and looked over the arm of the couch. I didn't see much but I saw what looked like to be an older man walking up the stairs. I, being a young child at the time, didn't think much of it. He was wearing slacks and a plain shirt. I likened him to being my uncle, so I sat back on the couch. See, I didn't think of it then, but my uncle only wears flannel and jeans, so this was not my uncle. Moments would pass as I tried to fall asleep again, and then I heard it. A loud thud. It was like something was knocked over forcefully. When morning came, I told my aunt and my cousin what I heard. My cousin looked at my aunt knowingly, and she sighed. She didn't know what to tell me as the truth of what happened was too much for a child. So she said, That was the old man who used to live here. He won't hurt you, I promise. When I got older, my aunt would of course tell me the truth. The thud I had heard was him knocking something out from under his feet from when he committed suicide. And where did he hang himself? In the bedroom my aunt and uncle slept in. That day after that occurrence happened, I made it clear I wanted to go home. I never did stay the night in the house again. No matter if the spirit was friendly or not, it scared me. My cousin would also tell me some of her stories such as hearing doors open and close, hearing him walk up and down the stairs, hearing someone turn the knob to her door when it's locked, and seeing an old man standing by the railing for several minutes, and then how she'd blink and he'd be gone. And my favorite, how in the downstairs there's an old armchair, and you can sometimes see the cushions sink down as if someone is sitting in it, when no one is. This house has since been sold and given to numerous new owners, all of which have reported similar eerie encounters. However, it has also seen two other suicides. 
This story comes from Mykolo Joby. Around 2010, I was at my grandmother's house. It's an old single-wide trailer in the woods that belonged to my great-grandmother before, so it's around 40 years old. It's got some rooms added toward the back of it, with a curtain separating the rooms from the original trailer. In one of the rooms in the back, the windows are covered with a sort of clear plastic and then blinds over that. The walls that the windows are on is covered in old Raggedy Ann dolls since Grandma's an avid collector of old dolls. In the room is a bed that sits opposite the windows, which are toward the farther side of the trailer, and outside of the window is a pretty large clearing before the wood starts. That night I was laying in bed facing the window while everyone else was in the living room, which is the next room over. The blind on the window was open this night, and as I looked out, I saw a tall figure walk up to the window outside. As it was walking up, it seemed to have been looking around, scanning the area as it walked until it noticed the window, and that's when it walked up. The figure had a ghoulish white face with very defined cheekbones with skin that looked pretty smooth, almost like a porcelain doll. It was wearing very dark black glasses and was bald. It had a type of bowler hat, something like you'd see some old-timey person wearing, and a black suit on with what looked like a bow tie. It was holding its hands up in a sort of propped-up position, with fingers interlocked and its hands across its upper torso, and was also wearing a gold watch. Its body was pretty skinny, enough to be noticeable since the suit it was wearing was pretty loose. When I saw it, I felt really creeped out since the trailer has a history of paranormal things happening, a lot of them having been experienced by me while I was growing up. So I was sort of used to it, but still never saw anything like this. It kind of just sat there and stared at me for a few minutes until I finally got the courage to get up out of the room and go tell my grandparents that someone was outside of the trailer at the window. Grandpa got his gun and went out to the side where the window was to see if anyone was out there, and he didn't see anything. After that, he came back inside and locked all the doors, and I ended up staying in the living room with them until we went to bed, and I haven't seen it since. One thing to note, around that time, I had been getting into doing a lot of research into paranormal things, and I've been obsessed with conspiracy theories, so maybe that might have something to do with why it showed up. Also, the many paranormal experiences I've had in the trailer growing up. More details on those stories in later posts, though. This story comes from PDT FSU. My first firefighting job was in a small city with two stations. One was older, 1970s, we'll call Station 1, and the other was newer, 2004, Station 2 career department with combined fire and EMS. At the time of the story, I was new and had only been on for maybe a year, two years, as a firefighter EMT. The first story takes place in Station 1. The guys spoke of weird occurrences constantly. Most had had weird things happen they couldn't explain. Story after story. I had not really had much more than creepy feelings in different parts of the station since I started. There were parts I would not go in due to overwhelming feelings of being watched. This station had a crew bunk room where all the metal beds were laid out along each wall. There were six total, 
four on the hallway entry door wall and two on the opposite wall. The room was well illuminated by the exit sign next to the two beds on the far wall. A soft red light at night combined with the visual acuity of having been asleep, the room is easy to see and make out detail. The entry door from the hallway had all manner of devices attached to it to keep the light out and make the bunk room dark. The window was covered with foil and again with black cloth taped on all four sides. No light shined through at all. The bottom of the door had a piece of cardstock that a crew long ago had attached to keep the light out. When the door opened along the linoleum tiles, it made a soft but distinguishable clacking, dragging sound. The hinges made no noise. Now that you have a picture of the room, I'll get to the story. Being the rookie, I was last to bed every night, doing chores and taking out the trash. Everyone had already turned in, and most were asleep. I took the bed one over from the door. This evening, we had two empty beds. I began to fall asleep and heard the door open. I didn't think anything of it because it's not unusual for someone to get up and use the restroom during the night. I assumed I had not heard them leave. I peeked my eyes open and could clearly see the engineer and one of the ambulance crew asleep. In my head, I named who I had figured it to be. And then the image of the room flashed in my memory again. Everyone was still in bed. I opened my eyes again in time to see a dark figure walk past my bunk, the center of the room, turn toward the two beds, and disappear. I was certain at this point that was someone that shouldn't be here. I got up and looked, but both ambulance crew members were snoring. The engineer was snoring. Someone who had just come in wouldn't be asleep already. I checked the hallway and couldn't find anyone. I returned to my bed, and within a minute or two, I heard the unmistakable sound of a pass alert and full alarm. That is a device on our air packs that makes a loud alarm when we stop moving for 30 seconds. It's activated by turning on the air bottle, twisting a knob several times, and deactivated by draining air and pressing a button twice. I walked out in the bay to find the lieutenant's air pack as the culprit. First, he was a stellar firefighter and wouldn't do something dumb like leave his pack on. Second, he went to bed over three hours ago at this point. And third, our last call was nearly five hours back. I checked the bottle. The knob was all the way off. I bled the air from the regulator. It made a quiet sound. I turned off the alarm. To this day, I can't explain the air pack or the dark figure. Now, Station 2 has individual bunk rooms. I had one that was my usual. One night, I had a horrendous nightmare about my son dying. It was a very real feeling and moved me emotionally. I finally broke out of the dream and awoke sobbing. When I sat up, in the pale green LED light of the smoke detector, I saw a dark mass go from standing next to my bed to quickly shrinking like it had turned toward the door to leave. I was frightened and turned on the light. There was no one there or in the hallway. Another night, I was in a room catty corner from my original. I was absolutely asleep, but I felt as if someone leaned over me, got right in my ear, and whispered, You're getting a call. 
As it processed in my head, I started to open my eyes. No one was there. While I tried to figure out what just happened, the tones dropped for a call. There was never a radio or pager in the rooms, overhead dispatch speaker only. Of my experiences, this one was just strange, not scary. Those are a few interesting experiences I've had at work. There's more, but I'll save it for another post. Thank you for listening to another episode of Haunted HTX Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to follow so you don't miss the next one, and please leave a rating and a positive review wherever you can. If you have a story you'd like to share, please email me at hauntedhtx at gmail.com. I'd like to give a thanks to Janice, Fearless Perception, Mykolo Joby, and PDT for letting me read their stories tonight, and of course to Oscar for making the intro music. If you'd like to connect with us on social media, I'll have the links in the description below. And with that, y'all have a good night.